name is Shandy Chernow, and you are listening to the Shandyland podcast. I am very excited today because we get to talk about making movies with Mandy Kearns. She is a food allergy advocate and educator and in all sorts of food allergy fun, the executive producer for Just Like You, Food Allergies, which we are totally going to talk about. Tell me everything about the film. Well, first of all, thank you for being here, and I'm super excited to talk to you. So now tell me everything about the film. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> I This film is truly a dream come true. Um, it's a passion project. It's everything that I think the food allergy world has needed for all these years, and it is going to truly change lives. That's awesome. How, how did you get into it? How did you decide one day, you know what I think I'm going to do today is make a movie? <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a long process, or it's been a long process. I um, have always been a food allergy advocate. So my son is now 13, and since he was six months old, he has always had something. I mean, he used to have severe eczema and then we discovered allergies when he was um, six months old. And then it's kind of always progressed. And I've always been one to just dive in and get out there and help people. I have chaired walks. I've uh, created support groups. I have done everything I could. And I, this, the year that this came to fruition, I had went in to educate the school, like I always do about food allergies. And that year, um, Giles had a reaction at school and protocols were not followed. And after a long incident, Giles had to end up at nine years old, epipending himself at school in front of everybody. Um, and the ambulance came and it was a big deal. But I thought after that, if I am somebody who goes into these places and I am so vocal and advocate for my son, what about the people who aren't able to do that or the people who don't have the confidence to do that? And I mean, I've the information, made, you know, and I've made them aware, like that it was fully aware, you know, about food allergies. So I had a, a mutual friend who said, Hey, you need to make a film. You need to get in touch with Jen Greenstreet, who is our CEO and founder of just like you films. So I set up a coffee with her and that was back in August of 2018, and we started <laughs> paving the pathway, trying to raise money, and we have um, just finished filming. That's awesome. So what's the premise of it? So this is a, um, it's a compelling feature-length docudrama, so it's like none other. It um, has a narrative piece that is woven through it that stars August Maturo from um, Disney's Girl Meets World and his co-star from there, Ava Kolker, which is really cool. And we have the Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jerome Bettis as our spokesperson. That's awesome. Yeah, so in, along with the docudrama, we are going to do, or we did, we shot a VR portion that is- um, Like virtual reality, VR. The virtual. Yeah, the virtual reality headset. So it's cool. really- um, really cool because it's going to show like different perspectives. So if somebody can step into their VR headset and they can watch a reaction happening and feel and be there and experience what it's like to see your friend in anaphylaxis and what they go through to see um, what a day in a life of a food allergy kid is actually like when they go to a birthday party and they are given treats and they know they can't accept them, but they don't want to hurt the person's feelings because maybe they really like the person. 
I mean, it's, it's just what they experience. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So, so that's awesome. How do you film? I assume that the, the reaction happening is kind of the drama part, not the docu part. Yeah, that is the drama part. So um, August and Ava are- Thank in, you for understanding um, what I'm asking. There. Yes, no, exactly. <laughs> they are in the narrative portion. So the narrative portion will be about 20 minutes. Um, like I said, it's just going to be kind of woven in um, throughout the documentary. And yes, the reaction part is totally part of that narrative piece that's going to really, and we did on scene, we went out to LA, uh, we filmed there for four days and they actually, I mean, not a real reaction, but it simulates what the reaction really truly looks like. And it has to do with um, a little bit of a bullying scene, a friend standing up from a friend that doesn't get food allergies and um, the food allergy gets pushed in their face is pushed pushed in August's face and I mean it's and then you see what happens yeah that's uh that's pretty crazy what's the uh what's the process like how do you decide what the storyline is going to be how do you decide what content is in versus out like how does it how does it all work from the kind of yeah. behind the scenes perspective yeah so a lot of it is we held auditions first of all for our this all started it was just gonna be a documentary there was not going to be a, a, a narrative piece woven into it. So we um, sent a call out and asked for food allergy kiddos. You know, who, who wants to tell their story? Who wants to be part of our film? And we had a lot of great submissions. And from those submissions, we just picked kids from all across the country who we thought really helped to um, share the story. And it came down where we had um, six kiddos that we picked. And actually it was seven because August was originally one of them. And then we decided since we had him as an actor, we were going to put a narrative piece in there. But the document part, the way it all kind of came true was Jen interviewed all the kids. Jen and I got on Zooms because it was during COVID and we interviewed every kid and they told the stories. And what are the, where are the parts of a food allergy kid's life that they have the most trouble? School, birthday parties. So from the interview process, Jen decided, you know, food allergies is an invisible disease. It's not like you can look at a food allergy kiddo and know they have food allergies. So she came up with the idea to come with a narrative portion to weave in to show, um, to help show what it's like for these kiddos, because you can't always, you can tell, 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 but to actually see it and then have them tell you while you're seeing it will help really explain the story. Um, so that's where the narrative portion came in. So we approached um, August to see if he'd be willing to do a narrative portion and be a part of that part of the film. So it all came just from the kids' stories. That's awesome. So cool. What's the learning curve of doing something like this? I mean, it it, it seems like such kind of a foreign world for me to to even think about. Like, how how do you start, right? So is it is it hard? Well, luckily, I um, came in as executive producer, and I have Jen, who is truly amazing. She's been doing this for 15 years, uh, created 12 award-winning films uh, that all tell the story of kids. And the best awesome. part about Just Like You Films is they tell it from the kid's point of view. So it's truly kids talking to kids, and they always have a best friend with them. So they're educating their best friend, and their best friend is helping to educate back to help people better understand what it's like. Uh, so coming in, I was just like my true self, like boots to the floor. Let's get going. <laughs> roll, roll up my sleeves. What do I need to do? And um, Jen and I became an amazing team. And um, 
really, I feel like I have done about every job there is to do on set. Um, Jen had wrote it, uh, directed it. And um, from there, we've just been doing everything we can to one, get the word out and two, to get this filmed and then to raise money. We That's still awesome. need some editing money. So what, what film is next? I'm guessing from just like you films and food allergies is up first. Is there another topic on deck? Well, we're kind of swamped right now because um, right before we started filming this, they just had wrapped just like you anxiety and depression. And that okay. is going to be um, for the month of September. It's suicide awareness month. And um, AMC theaters has picked up the film and is going to show it for the month of September. But for the week of September 9th through the 16th, they will have a matinee and um, evening showings in 200 theaters around the country. That's which is awesome. amazing. That's a huge thing for just like you. And then yeah. after, I mean, we got to get this edited. And then I believe there's a big project coming down the scope, but I don't think I can release it yet. <laughs> Fair enough. But those are two really, really incredible topics that are so needed um, from an awareness and and such a you know current set of topics. Yeah. Well, and all of just like you films, aside from anxiety and depression, are free on the website. Um, and they've done you know burns, cancer, Down syndrome, uh, diabetes. It's they've done uh, multiple films, <laughs> so it's That's quite so cool. Let's talk about that at the end too. The, all the, the ones that are free and available on the website so that people can access those. I think that's really, really amazing. Um, I just want to make sure that we remind at the end too, when we talk about how to connect online. So you got into uh, all your advocacy and education and filmmaking work about food allergies because you're a food allergy mom. You mentioned that your son is 13. Talk to me about how that diagnosis 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 process worked for you guys, and how did that feel? I mean, you already had a kid without food allergies. How did how did that kind of sit with you as that process was happening? Right. Well, and just a little bit of um, my history. I was a teacher, so I was an educator before I had my daughter, um, and I didn't know anything about food allergies back then I feel like oh, we all start man <laughs> I didn't have any kids in my class with food allergies I um yeah so then I had her and she was probably about two and a half years old when I had my son and you know he always there was something always like he had bad reflux and then he had severe eczema like I have never seen anything like it like his back would be like fully covered and Anywhere we'd take him, like his cheeks would bleed. So I had to keep those gloves on him for like years. Um, not really years, but it seemed like years. I uh, went to the doctor and I was like, you've got to do something. And she's like, it's just eczema. And I was like, no, it's not just eczema. Like I know something's wrong with him. Like there's, this is not just eczema. Cause we were, you know, steroiding and everything we could. Um, and then my daughter, we were a household noticed the were but we were a household that had peanut butter and eggs in our house all the time all kinds of nuts um and my daughter had, had you know she's going to preschool and she had an eggo waffle covered in peanut butter one morning for breakfast and you know her baby brother was there and she gave him a kiss on the forehead to say goodbye to him and he blew up like his face went crazy like I actually looked at the picture before I hopped on this podcast and it still just gives me like 
<laughs> um, and I called the doctor and talked to him about it. They're like, oh, just give him some Benadryl, you know, wipe him down. And, we'll, and then they had me come in and to see him. And they thought, well, he's probably allergic to bananas because I'd given him um, some banana baby food just before that. And I was like, I don't think so. It's just, I, you know, my, my mommy gut was kind mm-hmm. of kicking in. Um, and I pushed him to go get him tested. Like he, we need to see an allergist. There's something just not, not clicking. There's something not right. Cause he, um, was throwing up as well. Like not that incident, but in general in life, he, we'd switch him to soy milk because regular milk, he wasn't working. The breast milk wasn't working. Um, so I, I had to really push <laughs> to get testing, to get him treated. And then, I mean, we found out through testing that what is, what his allergens were, but we didn't know them all even. So through his life, um, allergies have been added through this whole process. And it's, it's been a road that we've just had to navigate. Yeah, no doubt. How does that, uh, first of all, how did that make you feel? Like how did other than I hear frustrated, right? I really had to push. You kind of had to go into mama bear mode in order to get that that done. But how did it affect you? How did it affect me? Like, are you talking emotionally, mm-hmm. physically? <laughs> yes. Yes to all of the things. Um, I feel it, like we don't talk about it enough, right? Like we talk about the diagnosis. We talk about the testing. We talk about the the care and feeding, if you will. But we don't talk about the caregivers enough. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it was, um, it's been a hard road and it's, you know, I feel like it's getting better, but it's going to get worse again too. He's a teenager and he's going to start pushing limits as I've seen already. Um, but it was hard that the type of pressure we put on ourselves is a lot. And I mean, there was, I mean, there's a couple incidences where I caused his reaction. You know, I went into super health mode and, um, made buckwheat pancakes for one Sunday morning, like having a, gr- a big family din- lunch, sorry, family breakfast before going to church. And that's one of his worst allergens we found out. <laughs> we had no clue. Um, well, you couldn't you know, have. No, there's no way. But another instance, I was just a mom in a grocery store hurrying and I let my kids pick out little thing of ice cream and I read the label quick and it looked good, but hidden in the label, it contained eggs. And we got mm-hmm. home and they, the kids dove into it while I was unpacking the groceries and, and he had a really bad reaction. And I mean, those are the times when I know it's easy to say, you need to cut yourself some slack, but in the times it's just like heart wrenching. Cause you know, you put your child through this pain and you cause that to happen to him. Wow. You didn't cause it. Well, <laughs> just so you know. Yes. No, but you feel like that is, it's all on you. That's yeah, the weight of the world is on you because you do anything for your kids. And that's what I think being a food allergy parent has taught me more than anything. Like I would have, if you told me 15 years ago that I would have done the things I've done and that I would be on a podcast advocating for kids and that I would go to the school and I advocate for them and stand up for them. I would have probably laughed because I was not, um, I was not that go get them <laughs> as I am now. And what's, you know what it's made me be. How has your 13 year old's allergies affected the other kids or your relationships with the other kids? I honestly feel, um, I feel sorry for them in a way. I mean, they are the best siblings you could ever ask for. Like they are his number one advocates and 
you know, my, my daughter, my older one, she knew life before food allergies. So she knew what it was like to be able to go to any restaurant and eat, yep. to be able to have anything we wanted in the house. Um, so I know that adjustment for her was hard, the understanding, but we still tried to make special dates where we would go out. Like I would take her out for breakfast like we used to, or I would take her to get her a donut when he wasn't with me, you know, and of course we'd go through all that. My youngest one has never known life any other way, but he, he, uh, is one also that is so protective of his brother. You know, one day the school called me and said, you know, he's just going in the bathroom. He's like cleaning his like soap everywhere. What is going like, I was like, well, he's, he had something for lunch probably that was not safe for his brother. And he does not want to by any chance, bring it home to him, which is the sweetest thing. Like it makes them so empathetic and they carry so much on them to try and keep him safe as well. But it's really sweet. You're going to, you're making me tear up because um, (laughs) I hear in your stories, the same things I see with my kids, with me. That's not a sibling thing, right? But um, I I was telling you before uh, the show started that I'd had a couple of eosinophilic esophagitis episodes over the course of the last couple of weeks, lovingly known as EOE, which uh, Mandy's son also has the joy of dealing with. And after the last one, my 10 year old, he's 10, right? He was here with me and he went and got me something carbonated to drink because it helps me. And he goes, you are going to go sit on the couch and I will be there in a minute and I will take care of you. Well, that's I mean, so cute. Yes. <laughs> the sweetest thing. And anyway, I just kind of hear the same thing. I can't. But you know, later in life, how much it's going to make them great parents, great spouses, great, because they know how to be empathetic and they know how to help and they care so, so deeply. Yeah. And they have to kind of be thoughtful in a way that um, kids who don't have to deal with that type of thing, you know, don't necessarily think about, right? Even if they order food at a restaurant that has one of my allergens in it, they're immediately off to, you know, go wash hands. They'll come back and sit in different seats at the table if they can, so that they don't touch anything, you know? Super, super sweet and cute and adorable. And sorry for being a mess. No. Uh, So what advice would you give to other new food allergy moms now that you've been in it for more than a decade? Um, You know, our rule became pretty early on that nothing was going to hold him back. We just made it that we can do anything. We just got to figure out the way. So I would say, I mean, you do have to be fearful. I'm not going to say don't be fearful because you have to be, you have to be cautious. I mean, it is, it's scary. Risk averse. But, yeah. you know, but you've got to not hold them back. You know, I know some people say like, I'm not going to let my kid do this because of their food allergies. I mean, Giles, when he was a kindergartner, we had him wrestling. Wrestling is a terrible sport because <laughs> it gets body Lots to body contact. contact. I mean, but we, like I was mat side. I went, to, I asked him all to wipe their faces and hands before they touch him. Or I wouldn't let him wrestle, of course, but there are always ways and there's everything. Every, he's done anything he's wanted to do as far as that way, because we, we just have not let his food allergies hold him back. And that's, and that is my biggest advice is, you know, there's always a way to get something done. You just sometimes have to think outside the box, but don't let the food allergies hold you or your child back. How have you navigated him moving into his teenage years and having to advocate more for himself? You mentioned earlier that he's starting to kind of push some boundaries. He is. And, you know, it's kind of what you heard. And I kind of laughed when I started this process, not started this process, when he started the middle school years, because 
I thought there's no way my child will go through this because I've done such a great job all these years educating him. Um, his EpiPens, his epinephrine, he, he doesn't necessarily like to carry it with him all day at school. And that's like, I have had to have some inside slide people. And actually the way I found out he wasn't doing it is um, my daughter, my high schooler ran into him in the lunchroom and she didn't see his pack on him because he wears like this really tiny little pack that just goes around. It's kind of hidden. And she asked him where it was. And he's like, what are you talking? I mean, he totally tried to blow her off. And so the administrator actually overheard what was going on. And so I have to have little spies inside the school now to make sure that he's carrying his medicine because um, it's kind of the school that he goes to is more like a college campus. So they walk a lot and go outside a lot in different buildings and they can't carry their backpacks with them. So he um, has to leave, he can carry his pack with him, but not like a backpack. Like he has to leave really? walk. So for him, like he has a pack on him. So he feels like kind of makes him look different. And like I said, it's super, it's, I mean, he uses the Avocue. I was so going to ask I mean, if he does that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, so it's really small. It's not really noticeable. It's like a pack of mints. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is, we love, like, it's great. Um, but I feel like that's been a little boundary testing. He's never like, he doesn't push boundaries on eating food at all. Like there's no, I, that is, I get that. Thankfully that is not one. He's had too many reactions. He knows what happens. Um, and he does not want that. Um, it's just a matter of pushing the boundary on like carrying his meds with him everywhere has been, I mean, he takes it to football practice. He takes it to his sports. Like that's never, it's just around school for some weird reason. Well, cause he doesn't want to be different. Yeah. And he does not. That is true. So interesting that they don't carry their backpacks. So, so here they went the opposite way. There's no lockers anymore. Now they cart their backpacks everywhere. And so mm -hmm. my eighth grader has this like backpack that weighs more than he does. And he carts that thing everywhere like they're all in backpacks all the time so uh so they interesting that during, the opposite yeah during covid they had to they didn't use the lockers yeah we still don't and have lockers it. back yeah, yeah so interesting okay so you started out as an elementary school teacher then we haven't talked about the whole baking thing so you went from teacher to baker to filmmaker which by the way kind of rhymes and i just made like a poem <laughs> about you and advocate not to not to skip that piece what how do you have so many skill sets like what is going on in the world so I you know I have a big thing where I wanted my kids to have cute cakes like I was adamant my kids had to have cute birthday cakes and it made me so mad that one I couldn't find like super duper cute ones and two if I did find them they were going to be so extra enormously expensive true um so I took classes and I took every class I possibly could and became a Wilton certified cake decorator. <laughs> and I had a cake business for several years. I did super elaborate fondant, um, some pretty crazy, cool, fun cakes. Um, and I'm totally type A. So there'd be times like I'd be up till two in the morning making a cake and it wouldn't look perfect. So I'd scrap it and start over. Like it was, you know. Um, but then when Giles got his allergies, or when we, I was still doing um, regular cakes in the house and I was just kind of keeping, we had a separate area in our basement and I would, you know, just keep like eggs down there and stuff. And then it just became too hard to keep that in the house. So I did figure out a way to make cakes egg-free. <laughs> so for a while I was making, you know, completely egg-free cakes and still, um, uh, so I guess, selling them to people. 
And then, I mean, time, I had a third child <laughs> and I uh, decided like, I just make it for my kids now. So now my kids still just have fun birthday cakes, but not for anybody else. <laughs> All right. So then another advice question for you, given that you have, I don't know what the past tense of dive is, dove, divin, dived, whatever, into so many different areas of skill set. What's your advice for people who are afraid to go try something new? Oh, you know, you, you just got to try it. You just, you know, I even just, so now I just took on the director of impact at just like you film. So I'm work. I mean, I haven't worked for pay for 15 years. Um, so I just took a part-time job there and I was really scared to do it because I was just scared. And I said, you know, I can try it for a year and let's see how it goes. You just, you have to just put yourself out there and go for it as hard as it sounds. I mean, what do you have to lose? Yeah, Somebody somewhere, and I'm sure this is probably attributed to somebody who I should know and I don't said something along the lines of like, okay, well, if you don't go to pick something medical school when you're 50, because you're going to get out of medical school and you'll be 53. Well, all right. Well, if you don't go, you're still going to be 53 in that amount of time. Right. So you may as well. I just kind of thought, oh, wow, that's a really interesting way to look at it. Right. The time's going to pass anyway. You may as well do something that you want to do with it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a cool passion. Like now, like this filming is it's fun. And I love like bringing awareness to, you know, special circumstances that people live with. And um, we want to create more empathetic and compassionate, um, not only children, but just people in general. A world. Yeah, for sure. Um, so tell everybody where they can connect with you and especially, not especially, I shouldn't say it that way. Make sure that you mention the uh, Just Like You Films website where the free films are available for people to use for awareness and spreading the word. Yes. So justlikeyoufilms.org is where you can find um, all of the previous films aside from Anxiety and Depression, which is, um, you can buy that one on um, video on demand. So that's, um, on iTunes, um, Amazon prime, any of those have that. Um, but the other ones, so diabetes, facial anomalies, burns, cancer. Um, I know I'm forgetting a bunch of them, but they're all available for free on the website. Otherwise you can follow along on just like you films on, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those pages. Perfect. I love it. I think that that is super cool. So where can people connect with you online? So I am on, I'm on all of them as well. Just Mandy Kearns <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, yeah, so that's where I am. Love it. All right. So then that brings us to my favorite little torture game of two truths and a lie. So three things about yourself, uh, one of which is not true, but don't tell us and in no particular order. So don't tell us the answer. Okay. What are your two truths and a lie? Okay. I am a dual citizen. I am married to an Englishman. I visited seven countries when I was in high school. Super simple and like deadpan, no emotion in any of those. It's hard to tell. I don't know what the right one is. Interesting. Well, Mandy, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. What a great conversation and how much fun to be able to do kind of all these different things to be in support of your kiddo. I think it's pretty amazing. 
so yeah, Mandy Kearns, executive producer of Just Like You, food allergies, food allergy advocate and educator. You are an amazing woman. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the work that you're doing. And as always, this has been the Shandyland podcast. Listeners, thanks for sticking around and we'll talk to you soon. Oh, 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 oh,